who guided us, who granted us Iman. And without his guidance, we would not have been guided. And we send peace and blessings upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and his progeny and his companions and his pure wives and all those that followed them in their ways. Jazakumullah khayran for coming to the Mihrab Foundation Sacred Knowledge class on the 99 beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this week we arrive at the name An-Nur. So Nur is the light. Now there's a very beautiful, there's a very beautiful verse in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about His Nur. Uh, <clears throat> we'll get to that inshallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Nur, what does this mean that He is light? Is He a physical light? Those who have been here regulars in the class should be able to answer that question. Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a physical light? No. Why not? Do you know? Because he is not a physical entity, right? He is not a physical being. Allah Ta'ala does not... Why? Because if we say Allah Ta'ala is literally light, then that will contradict the other verse of Qur'an, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ Because you have lights around us, you have the light of the sun, you have different types of lights. And so to say that he is literally light, even if you say, oh, but his light is brighter than other lights, that would still, be, uh, that would still not be correct. Because then you are a trip, you are going against, you're contradicting another verse of Quran that says there's nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the explanation of that verse, Laysa Kamithrihi Shay, is that if you can think of something in your mind, that is not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So he is without physical being, he is transcendent above having a physical, a physical makeup. Now, Imam Ghazali rahimullah, he says that uh, first of all, other other ulama in other books mentioned that. There are two types of lights. So an-nur, there are two types of lights. There's the light of this world, and that is the physical, by which things are illuminated by the sun, the moon, these types of things. Uh, and there's also the intellectual, which is divine light. So there's the physical light, and there's the intellectual light, which is the light, the divine light, that is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So those are two lights of this world. Another, so you have two types of lights, the light of this world and the light of the hereafter. But then the light of this world is separated into two subcategories, which is physical and, and which is divine. Okay? So the example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives examples of the physical light and we can see that in front of us with the sun and the moon and the stars and our, our own you know, man-made lights. But uh, the example of divine light is mentioned in the Qur'an. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَدْ جَاءَكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ نُورٌ وَكِتَابٌ مُبِينٌ That... There has come to you, the, there has come to you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, light and a open book, a clear book. So this is that light, that divine light, which is the light of guidance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends this light of guidance and a clear book, meaning the Qur'an and other revelations that we testify to as well. So what does it mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an-nur? Imam Ghazali rahimullah, he says that it means that he is the one that makes everything visible. So everything in this world is made visible by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making it visible. He says that He is light. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is nur. Uh, and we should you know, be careful to even translate nur when we're speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying He is light. Rather say He is a nur. Because a nur is something 
Nur is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has referred to Himself as. And it comprises of so much more in meaning than the translation of Nur that we would use, which is light. Okay, so there was, there was you know, you had early on the ulama, the mutaqaddimin, they wouldn't actually, mutaqaddimin is those that came in the beginning. They wouldn't even translate these things. They wouldn't even explain these things. Its explanation was understood by the masses and those that were close uh, in era to Rasulullah And the mutaakhirin, those scholars that came later on, they started doing ta'wil, right? They started doing ta'wil. They started giving an interpretation, which is different than translation. They would give an interpretation, which is what uh, basically Imam Ghazali will go on to do here. Because people were going astray and they started thinking that, oh, nur, that means Allah Ta'ala is physically light. So then no, we have to give an interpretation of that so that people don't think this is something physical. And there's many other examples in the Qur'an of, uh, uh, of that as well. So Imam Muzayi says that he is nur by measure of existence compared to non-existence. Because non-existence is darkness. And so the one who draws from the darkness of non-existence to the manifestation of existence, and he himself is above non-existence, is worthy of being called nur. So non-existence is darkness. And the one who takes something that is not in existence and brings it into existence is nur. Because he has removed the darkness of non-existence and given it the light of existence. Furthermore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is above, is transcendent above not existing. It is impossible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take himself out of existence. And so, Allah ta'ala being transcendent above non-existence also makes him the most uh, existential being that there could ever be. Like he's so existent, we can't even understand how existent he is. And so he's worthy of and deserving of the name that he has chosen for himself, Nur, An-Nur. Imam Ghazali, he says that every atom of the light of the sun, it leads to the one, it leads one to the existence of the sun. So the sun shines on everything. And the, the light of that, every atom of the light of the sun leads to the existence of the sun because it makes things visible. So by being made visible, we can then backtrack and understand that the sun does exist because it illuminates it in the same way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has his nur is from himself so he casts his he casts this nur into the world and so everything all of creation being from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being visible and manifest by the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a sign for us to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also exists, that there is a su- one single soul supreme being as well. He says that this light makes the perceptible seen and the conceivable known. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us the light that illuminates the path of guidance. Right? So nur, light is the percept- makes the perceptible seen. Right? The things that can be seen, it, allow- it makes it visible to us. And it makes the conceivable to be known. Because it removes that darkness which removes ambiguity. So similarly, the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, in a sense, it is guidance. That it shows us, it illuminates the path of guidance for us. It it identifies to us what will harm us. And this is the light of faith and wisdom. And then he says that the eye of the heart recognizes that light as well. And this is basira. The eye of the heart recognizes what is guidance. And what is misguidance? What is of benefit and what is of harm to us? And that is basira, when the eyes of the heart open, 
and are able to see, then we can say that we have had basira. He says that the devil and, and one's own devils, so shaitan and our own shayateen, our own nafs, are thieves that operate in the dark and they enter dark houses. So just as thieves, right, they come out at night and they go into a house that is dark, not well lit. Similarly, the shayateen and our own nafs, they operate in the dark as well. But they operate in what? They operate in the darkness of our hearts. They operate in the houses, in the house of our, uh, the, the house of our being is our heart. And they operate when our hearts are dark. And so if our hearts are dar- dark, that means they have not been, it has not been illuminated by the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, just as the thieves don't enter a lit, a lit house, the shayateen and our own devils and our own nafs, our own lower selves, will not enter that heart that is illuminated by the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the light of guidance, the light of conviction, this is a light that is much stronger than the light of, you know, of a house. It's like, you know, they, like, you know, vampires can't go out in the day, right? So the light comes on them and they turn to dust or, you know. Who, who's read The Hobbit? Yeah, you remember when, they, uh, when the, the trolls or the giants or something, it was the trolls, I think, the cave trolls are like having a discussion and they find him, they find Bilbo and then he distracts them and they catch all the other hobbits and he keeps them going in conversation. Then the light comes and they turn to stone. Uh, Yeah? Maybe it's not a great example, right? But like the shayateen are like that, that if when the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes, it stops them in their tracks. They are not able to be there when the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has entered the hearts. So he says that the, the heart is illuminated by faith. When we have iman, then our heart gets illuminated. The gate to that heart is the mind. And the light of that gate is knowledge. So we have to seek knowledge. That will open up the, the gate, which is... Uh, uh, that will open up the gate to the heart, which is the mind. Then when we can intellectually understand and have this knowledge and keep this knowledge with us, then it opens the it, illum- it, it uh, illuminates the heart as well. It opens the doors to our heart, and so we are illuminated. So knowledge is the defense and protection against ignorance and against disbelief. That when we have knowledge, then it should illuminate our hearts. And it blocks out the evils of ignorance, hypocrisy, and arrogance. He says that the light of the soul is consciousness, and its darkness is heedlessness. So, the other scholars that have written about this subject, they mention that Imam Qushayri, rahimullah, he mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brightens the bodies by the acts of, uh, uh, by acts of adoration. And He illuminates the hearts by proofs and evidences of His light. Obedience to Him is the ornament of the soul and bodies and knowledge is the ornament of the hearts and the soul. So what does all that mean? That our bodies are made beautiful by having this adoration for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by being obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then that is illuminated. So our bodies are brightened by this. And then it becomes further illuminated. The hearts become further illuminated by proofs and evidences of His light. Those things that allow us to recognize the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is in knowledge. The more immersed we become in knowledge, the more we will see the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence everywhere we go and in every action that happens and every event that takes place. He says that obedience to Him is the ornament of the soul. Obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what beautifies our soul. And knowledge is the ornament of the hearts and the souls. 
So this is, shows us how important knowledge is. Ibn Abbas, he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance in the heart of a believer is like the pure oil which shines even before fire touches it. So what is this a reference to? This is a reference to those verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned that He said, Allahu nuru samawati wal ard that Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. He illuminates the heavens and the earth. Mathalu nurihi kamishkat kamishkatin fiha misbah The example of His nur is like a niche. You guys know what a niche is? In a wall, like you might see in pictures of the olden times, the wall kind of goes in and you put a lamp inside it, right? So the example of his nur is like a niche, in it is a lamp. Al-misbahu fi zujaja. And the lamp, uh, sorry, is like a glass. Uh, no, in, in it is a lamp and the lamp is in a glass. Al-misbahu fi, uh, fi zujaja. That the lamp is in a glass. Az-zujajatu ka'annaha kawkabun durriyun. And the, uh, the, the glass is like a brilliant bright star that is lit. Yuqadu min shajaratim mubarakah. Uh, that is lit by, is a brilliant star that is lit by the oil of a blessed olive tree. So, min shajratin mubarakatin zaytunatin. La sharqiyah wa la gharbiyah. So, that, gla- that uh, lamp is lit by, a blessed, by the oil of a blessed uh, olive tree. There is no easternness to it, there is no westernness to it. It is neither eastern nor western. What does that mean? That those olive trees that actually get their light from both directions, east and west, and not simply one direction, maybe because there's no shade, they actually grow to be stronger. And the oil that they give out is more pure. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, there, it is neither eastern nor western. Uh, uh, and its oil is about to emit light, even though a flame has not touched it. Nurun ala nur, it is light upon light. Yahdillahu li nurihi man yasha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides to his light whoever he wishes. Wa yadribullahu al amthala lin nasi wallahu bi kulli shayin alim. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strikes a parable for the people, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is omniscient of everything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all knowing of everything. This is a very beautiful verse of Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about his light. So what is he saying? We'll just we'll run through the translation of that rather than going through the Arabic. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the light of the heavens and the earth. The example of His light is like a niche. In it is a lamp. The lamp is in a glass. The glass is like a brilliant star that is lit by the oil of a blessed olive tree. It is neither eastern nor western. Its oil is about to emit light even though a flame has not touched it. It is light upon light. Allah guides to his light whoever he wishes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strikes a parable for the people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-knowing of everything. So Ibn Abbas he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance in the heart of a believer is like the pure oil which shines even before fire touches it. Which is exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, right? mentioned. And then he says that when fire does touch it, it increases its light. So guidance in the heart of a believer is like the pure oil which shines even though fire has not touched it, but then when fire touches it, so it's already shining, but when fire touches it, it increases its light. It then intensifies and it adds nurun ala nur, it adds light upon light. Now, the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a nur that cannot be extinguished. When we have faith, when we have iman, then we have a spark in our hearts. We have a little flame, but we need to let it shine bright. We need to let it be a whole lamp that is lit. 
We need to let our hearts be a whole lamp that is lit. Because, every, because people and other and opposition and the shayateen are always trying to exting, extinguish that light. And regarding this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah At-Tawbah, يُرِيدُونَ أَنْ يُطْفِئُوا نُورَ اللَّهِ بِأَفْوَاهِهِمْ وَيَأْبَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا أَنْ يُتِمَّ نُورَهُ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْكَافِرُونَ That they intend to extinguish, they desire to extinguish the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with their mouths. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejects everything except that it completes and perfects His nur even if the disbelievers don't like it, even if the disbelievers dislike it. Now this is the nur of guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts into the world because the, it wouldn't be appropriate to say that Allah ta'ala's, the nur that is a part of the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs perfection. That's already, Allah ta'ala doesn't increase or decrease ever, right? Because that would, if, he, if, he was, if we even said that, oh Allah ta'ala is ever and infinitely increasing in all of these things, in his knowledge, and in, that would actually show imperfection. Because that would mean that he hasn't attained the higher levels yet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfection. There's no like going up, going down for him. There's no increase nor decrease. Now, Imam Ghazali rahimullah, he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we, we exert so much effort and wealth to illuminate our material life. But we turn off the light that illuminates our hearts. And he says that if the eyes of the head become blind, we can still have a guide to lead us. But if the eyes of the heart become blind, then who can guide us? If the, if the, if the heart, eyes of the heart become blind, there's nobody left to guide us. And this is why the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so crucial. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in Surah Zumar, أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ فَهُوَ عَلَى نُورٍ مِّنْ رَبِّهِ فَوَيْلٌ لِلْقَاسِيَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ مِنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أُولَيْكَ فِي ضُلَالٍ مُبِينٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, that is the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has expanded his, his chest for Islam. Uh, that he is on light from his, from his Lord. So it's like there's something missing here, omitting, uh, omitted here. That is this person equal to who? Is he equal to those that Allah ta'ala will mention next? Woe to those who their hearts have become hardened uh, away from remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are in clear error. So are these two people the same? The one whose hearts have become so hardened that they don't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala versus the people who, are, who their hearts are constantly remembering Allah ta'ala? And this is the meaning of that hadith that we've mentioned so many times that, uh, that, uh, that uh, the hadith of Jibreel wherein it was said that what is ihsan? It is that uh, that you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as though you see Him. And if you don't see Him, then know that He sees you. That no matter what we're doing, our hearts always remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that means living our daily life, our work, our school, speaking with our friends, eating, going to sleep, waking up, uh, cleansing ourselves, everything that we're doing, we should, be we should also have that awareness that Allah ta'ala is watching us. And some of our mashayikh have described this by saying that, for example, uh, when, are, when you guys have finals, when are your midterms? You already finished your midterms? Next week, right. So... No matter what you're doing, you're sitting here and you're listening, but in the back of your mind, it hasn't left your mind when midterms are. You know exactly when each test is, right? In the same way, as you do everything else, it should never leave your mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. In the same way as that. Now, <clears throat> Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there's this, uh, there's a book, Ash-Shifa, by Qadi Iyad. He was a great uh, Maliki scholar. Uh, wrote many works, beautiful works. He wrote this book called Ash-Shifa. Uh, this is a book, you can actually get a translation for this. I haven't looked at the translation, but I saw it. 
I think it's on makkahbooks.com or something. It's just a book about the Prophet It's kind of Sira, but it's not exactly Sira. And it's kind of Shemail, but not exactly Shemail. It, it just speaks about, it praises Rasulullah speaks about different aspects of his life, different tafasir of the Qur'an and how they relate to Rasulullah And it, I haven't gone through all of it, but it's very beautiful. So that those same verses that we, that we read, that uh, Nurullahi, what is it? Allahu nuru samawati wal ard, right? And the, the, the niche and the lamp and the oil and the flame. So he brings another uh, tafsir of that as well. That was the translation that we get right off to you. But he gives some explana- further explanation. And he quotes uh, Ka'ab bin Ahbar. So Ka'ab, uh, Ka'ab al-Ahbar, uh, rather. Who is Ka'ab al-Ahbar? Ahbar, sorry. Ka'ab al-Ahbar. He was a Jewish scholar that accepted Islam after Rasulullah passed away. So he met the Prophet and he was a Jewish scholar. But he didn't accept until after Rasulullah had passed away. So he's actually not considered a companion. Because one of the conditions is you have to have, you have, to have met Rasulullah in a wakeful state, meaning not in a dream. You have to have uh, professed Islam whilst when you met him, and you have to have died on, on Iman as well. So that's why he's not considered a companion, even though his era was literally the era of the companions, and he died toward the end of the Khilafah of, of Uthman. Radilano. So him and uh, Sayyid bin Jubair, who was also a Dabi, uh, meaning those people who met the companions of Rasulullah. They give some tafsir on this. They say, Al Muradu bin Nur Thani. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? That Allahu Nuru Samawati wal Ard, Mathalu Nurihi. So you see, Nur is mentioned twice so far. So he says, Al Muradu bin Nur Thani, that by the, what is meant by the second mention of Nur, Huna, Muhammadun alayhi salam, is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi salam. Wa ta'ala, Mathalu Nurihi. Uh, Nura Muhammadin meaning the light of Rasulullah uh, and he quotes some others they say Al-Ma'na Allahu hadi ahli samawati wal ard Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the guide of the people of the heavens and the earth thumma qala mathalu nuri Muhammadin idh kana mustawdi'an fil aslabi kamishkatin sifatuha kada he says that uh, the example of the light of Rasulullah is like when he was still in the backs when he was still in the back so you know like the, the, what is it? The semen sits in the back, in the spine, in the, in the, near the tailbone of a man, right? So the light of Rasulullah now he's explaining, was sh- shining through even when it was there. And when you read the books of Sirah, you can see Abdullah, the father of the Prophet what happened? He was on his way to get married to, like every generation of, of the ancestry of Rasulullah the male figure that was carrying that gene, of Rasulullah was like the most beautiful, handsomest, most dignified person that anyone ever met or saw, right? And when his father was going to get married to his mother Amina and was going to consummate the marriage, a woman stopped him on the way because she saw this brightness, bright light shining from him, literally shining from him. And she went to him and she said, marry me now. And he said, no, I'm, I'm on my way to my wedding. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Let's get married now, you know? He went and he spent his time with his new wife. And a few days later, when he saw that same woman, she paid him no attention at all. And he asked her, he said, what happened? You know, you were so like, you were so into me before. And you know, now like I'm nothing, you're just ignoring me. She said, the light that I saw with you before is not there now. Now, this was a woman who was, I think, I believe she was related to, um, I think she was related to Nofal, who was the cousin of Khadija radiallahu anha. I think she might have been his sister, if I remember correctly. So she was aware that the time of the last prophet was coming. And so when she saw this nur from his father, 
then she recognized this, that perhaps this is it. Maybe, this, maybe he is the Prophet, maybe Abdullah is the Prophet, or maybe his, the Prophet will come from his seed. So she wanted that to be from her as well, right? So he says that this was shining at that time like the lamp, right? Uh, like the, the niche rather. وَأَرَادَ بِالْمِسْبَاحِ So what was the misbah? The misbah was the, la- uh, the lamp that was in the niche. It says, وَأَرَادَ بِالْمِسْبَاحِ قَلْبَهُ And that is the, the heart of the Prophet وَبِالزُّجَاجَ And the, the, the lamp that is in a glass, what's meant by that? صَدْرَهُ Is the chest of the Prophet أَيْ كَأَنَّهُ كَوْكَبٌ دُرِّيٌّ لِمَا فِيهِ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ وَالْحِكْمَةِ And so it is as though that it was a shining and brilliant star uh, because of the faith, the iman, and the wisdom that the Prophet had. يُقَدُ مِنْ شَجَرَةٍ uh, that is lit by a blessed tree, a min nuri Ibrahim. So that blessed tree that Allah Ta'ala speaks about in this verse is the, uh, the light of Ibrahim alayhisam. Uh, and this is the example of the blessed tree. And uh, what is meant by, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that it is about, its oil is about to be lit, a uh, the uh, Muhammad that uh, the, the oil that is about to be lit is the prophethood of Rasulullah that is manifest, that is clear for the people even before he speaks. So his prophethood is clear to the people even before he speaks, right? That it's shining out from his heart. And he says that there are many other explanations given for this verse as well. Now there is a dua that Rasulullah used to make, uh, which is a beautiful dua. He used to say, Allahumma maj'al fi qalbi nura wa fi lisani nura wa fi sam'i nura wa fi basri nura wa min fawqi nura wa min tahti nura wa an yamini nura wa an shimali nura. وَمِنْ أَمَامِي نُورًا وَمِنْ خَلْفِي نُورًا وَجْعَلْ فِي نَفْسِي نُورًا وَأَعْظِمْ لِي نُورًا وَعَظِمْ لِي نُورًا وَجْعَلْ لِي نُورًا وَجْعَلْنِي نُورًا اللهم أعطني نورا واجعل في عصبي نورا وفي لحمي نورا وفي دمي نورا وفي شعري نورا وفي بشري نورا اللهم اجعل لي نورا في قبري ونورا في عظامي وزدني نورا وزدني نورا وزدني نورا وهب لي نورا على نورا uh, this is a beautiful du'a that Rasulullah used to make that he would say, Oh Allah, you guys ever wonder why in the du'a we say Allahumma rather than Ya Allah? Ya Allah is, means Oh Allah, right? And, and Allahumma also means Oh Allah. And sometimes in English or in our other languages, I know in Urdu they'll say Ya Allah, right? Ya is harfun nida. So it's a, it's a particle that's used to call someone out. But when you're calling someone, it's because of the distance between you and that individual. So we don't we say Allahumma because we don't want to show the distance between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah ta'ala is what? Closer to us than our jugular veins. So we say Allahumma. So he says, Oh Allah, make in my heart nur, light, and in my tongue light, and in my hearing light, and in my seeing light, and above me light, and make below me light, and put on, and, and to my right light, and to my left light. And put in front of me nur and put behind me nur and place in my heart nur. And magnify for me light, and and amplify for me light, nur, and place, uh, uh, place in me light, and make me light. So put light all around me, in my seeing, in my hearing, above me, below me, in front of me, behind me, to my right, to my left. Uh, 
uh, in my heart, magnify me with light and, and amplify for me light and make me light. Right? Make for me light and make me light itself. Allahumma a'tini nura and oh Allah, grant me light wajalfi asabi nura uh, and in and, and place in my um, place in my nerves light wafi lahmi nura and place in my flesh light and in my blood light wafi shari nura and in my hair light wafi bashari nura and in my skin light and oh Allah, make for me light in my grave and light in my bones, and increase me in light, increase me in light, increase me in light, and grant for me light upon light. It's a very beautiful dua. Most of that is, comes in, it's mentioned in Sahih Bukhari, but then the last couple bits of it are also mentioned in other books as well. But this is beautiful, like, put light all around me in every atom of my body, and then make me light as well. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. It's probably like the Dua of Light or something. This book by Qadi Iyad bin Musa. Qadi Iyad. If you look up Qadi Iyad, it's usually going to be spelled I Qadi. Like in Urdu, it's Qazi. Right? Qadi, like judge. Uh, Iyad. It'll probably be spelled, it's with an Ain, but in English it'll probably be with an I Y A D, like an elongated A. So any questions regarding Noor? Right, so we'll move on to uh, Al-Hadi. And this is connected because what do we say? That the Noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? The Noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guidance. And so the light, the uh, Al-Hadi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the guide. That He guides everything. He guides the elect from His servants to a knowledge of His essence that they might call upon it as a witness. All created things, he's a guide for all created things as well, to satisfy them, to guide them to that which satisfies them. And so the example that uh, Imam Ghazali gives is he says that he guides the infant to take the breast from the moment of its release from the womb. He guides the young bird to pick up seeds at the time of its coming out of the shell. And he guides the bee to build, uh, to build its house in a hexagonal shape as being the shape most suitable to its body the most cohesive shape and the one least likely to be pierced by damaging holes. And then he says to explain this would take too long. <laughs> but it goes on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in reference to that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, قَالَ رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّ هَدَى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that, uh, He said, uh, Our Lord is the one who gave everything its nature, then He guided it. So that's in reference to guiding on, you know, not necessarily to the level in, uh, in a faith sense, but in those other things, the birds and you know bees and different uh, uh, creatures and whatnot, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala also said, "Wa'id akh." Um, he now they bring the scholars speaking about this subject. They bring a verse from Quran from Surah Araf, wherein they speak about the guidance of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, but our testification to that guidance. And that is that وَإِذْ أَخَذَ رَبُّكَ مِنْ بَنِي آدَمَ مِنْ ظُهُورِهِمْ ذُرِّيَتَهُمْ وَأَشْهَدَهُمْ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ أَلَسْتُ بِرَبِّكُمْ قَالُوا بَلَا شَهِدْنَا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gathered all the souls. When, he, when, when your Lord gathered, when your Lord gathered from, the, from Banu Adam, from the children of Adam Islam, from their backs and their progeny, and He made them testify against themselves. أَلَسْتُ بِرَبِّكُمْ Am I not your Lord? 
Qalu, they said, meaning all of us, said, Bala shahidna. Yes, of course, we have testified to this. Can you just turn the lights on here? <coughs> so we all testified to this. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gathered all the souls before He created insan. And He asked, Am I not your Rabb? Am I not your Lord? And we said, Yes, of course, we testify to that. And why did he do this? He did this as a, uh, as a um, witness against ourselves. And then he goes on, أَن تَقُولُوا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ إِنَّا كُنَّا عَنْ هَذَا غَافِلِينَ So that you would not say on the day of judgment that we are heedless of this. We don't remember this. Oh, or they would say, تَقُولُوا إِنَّمَا أَشْرَكَ آبَاؤُنَا مِنْ قَبْلُ وَكُنَّا ذُرِّيَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ Or that they would not say that uh, it was only our forefathers who used to ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before us. Uh, and we are only the progeny that came after them. Then, oh, would you uh, bring about our destruction because of what the, those in error used to do? So Allah ta'ala gathered us and made us testify to His deity and His lordship so that we can't put this claim before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. So you're saying that people remember that? There are people who remember that. Probably not most people, right? But the Day of Judgment is different, right? That's now, people will remember it. When the Day of Judgment comes, people will remember it. But what does this tell us? What, do we, what, can we, uh, uh, what can we derive from this? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Hadi. And so Al-Hadi being the, guide, being the one who guides, he, this is part of the very essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? The, li- the, the attributes and names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are part and parcel of his essence. They're not separated from him. They're not something that he acquired later on. So what this shows us, this verse, this verse that was recited, plus the fact that Allah Ta'ala's name is Al-Hadi, is that the, um, his very essence is a guide for us. And since all of creation is from the, from, since all of creation is from the light of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala uh, and is from him, then all created things have a sign to lead us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is basira, and this tells us that this is part of our fitrah, and it just needs to be tapped into. Right? That our fitratan, and Rasulullah said that every person is born on fitrah, and then they are taught one way or the other. Right? So everyone is born on fitrah. That fitrah is there in our, heart, in our hearts. It's there. For some of us, it's buried much deeper. Right? Uh, and so we have to try and tap into that. Right? And that's why sometimes the ulama have mentioned that we shouldn't shy away from reciting Qur'an, for example, in a gathering of non-Muslims. Because perhaps that would tap into that fitrah. Right? How many times have we, have we heard, like, you know, I remember when we used to, you guys haven't never done fast-a-thons, right? Ramadan's in the summer now. Right? You should still do them. Like, you can still, you know, do them in the winter and fast yourselves too. But anyway, you know, um, <clears throat> we used to do fast-a-thons in the fall and in the winter and whatnot. And um, there were people that would sign up, you know, and they would come and they'd say, no, I can't stay to eat. I just wanted to hear the call to prayer because they come at Maghrib time, so we'd give adhan. And I remember this particular woman when I was at Shoreline Community College. This woman came and she said, I I just want to hear the call to prayer. She listened to it and she smiled and she's like, that's so beautiful. And and I, I can't stay. I wish I could stay. And she left. Perhaps that's that tapping into that fitra of an individual, right? And so Allah Ta'ala is Al Hadi. And he's put this fitra inside of us. And so as we mentioned in the previous name, An-Nur, that light, 
Allah Ta'ala makes manifest everything and the more we become in tune through knowledge with the light of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and the knowledge of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, the more we are able to then recognize the different things that lead us and guide us to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Right now, um, we, they bring about another verse from Surah Al-Shams where Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, وَنَفْسِيُ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا That we, uh, and, and that He takes an oath by the nafs, by the soul, uh, and the one who perfected it and what perfected it. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Then He inspired it to recognize what is uh, of harm, what is from corruption, and what is of piety. Right? So Allah Ta'ala created the nafs, He created the lower selves, and He fashioned it, and then He inspired it to be able to recognize what is what will take us to the path of corruption and what will take us to the path of piety. Now, yes, those things do, sometimes our compass gets, gets mixed up. And sometimes it's, you know, uh, it doesn't, this verse doesn't mean that everything is going to be absolutely clear all the time. But it does indicate that if we work on our nufus, if we work on our lower, lower selves, then it becomes easier for us to recognize the path of piety and the path of uh, corruption and whatnot. But he gives that inspiration there, right? There's another Shaykh, Imam Asfahani, Isfahani rahimahullah. He said that guidance for people is of four types. There's four types of guidance. So number one, that which generally applies to all mature people, right? Meaning people who are reached adulthood, who are baligh, pubescent. It applies to all pubescent people and is achieved through the maturity of mind, wisdom, and necessary knowledge. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set, set everything in its measure. Uh, and proof of that is the verse from Surah Taha, قَالَ رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّ هَدَى That our Lord is the one who gave everything its nature, then He guided it. So that is the first type of guidance. Um, Wait, what type of guidance? Uh, it, that it, he says, that which generally applies to people of mature, mature people and of mature mind, who have wisdom and necessary knowledge. And Allah has set everything in measure. Right? And then he has guided it. So it's like general guidance, right? Then guidance which he intended for people. So number two is guidance which he intended for people and conveyed through his messengers and revelation. So this is the second type now. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَجَعَلْنَا هُمْ أَئِمَّةً يَهْدُونَ بِأَمْرِنَا فَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِمْ فِعْلَ الْخَيْرَاتِ And we made for them leaders. We made for them leaders that guide, guide them through uh, our command and we revealed to them the actions of goodness, right? So this is that guidance that Allah has intended for the people, meaning guidance of iman, which is to be taught by the prophets uh, and messengers and the books of revelation. He's highlighted in those things. And then now that we're living in a time after prophethood by the scholars. It says the, uh, the, third is the, the third type of guidance is the success achieved by those who follow the guidance. So number one was general guidance, right? going back to like the birds and the creatures or even ourselves to you know, know how to satisfy ourselves and how to um, take care of ourselves and what will be good for us. The second type was the, in, the intended guidance, which is the guidance of Iman, taught by the prophets and messengers in Revelation. The third type is that if you have attained the second type, then this is achieved uh, by those who follow that guidance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Muhammad, وَالَّذِينَ زَادَهُمْ هُدَى وَآتَاهُمْ تَقْوَاهُمْ uh, they are the ones who are uh, guided and they increase in guidance. And uh, he gives them and he, uh, uh, he grants them their piety and he grants them their taqwa, meaning he increases them in their guidance. So those people who uh, adhere and, and accept that guidance, now they will be increased in that guidance. They'll be increased in guidance and they will be increased in piety. 
And then the fourth type is the guidance in the hereafter to paradise. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in Surah Muhammad, سَيَهْدِيهِمْ وَيُسْلِحُ بَالَهُمْ That soon they will be guided and their affairs will be rectified, their affairs will be perfected. Now, uh, the ulama mentioned that one who does not obtain the first uh, cannot obtain the second. And who does not obtain the second cannot obtain the third. And who does not obtain the third cannot obtain the fourth. Right? So all of these are connected, and one is a prerequisite for the other. <clears throat> Imam Razi, rahimullah, he says that we should busy ourselves with calling everyone to the truth. What is the share that we can take from Al-Hadi, from Allah Ta'ala being the one, the, the one who guides? That we have to exert our efforts in trying to bring other people to guidance, calling other people to the truth. And he brings about a verse from Surah Nahal, "Ud'u ila sabili rabbik bil hikma wal mu'idatil hasana wa jadilhum billatihi ahsan." He says that uh, call to the way of your Lord with wisdom and with good advice, with advice that is hasana, advice that is in a good manner, and uh, uh, speak to them, converse with them. Jadilhum. People might say quarrel. But quarrel is like dispute and tends to be heated. So that would not be the uh, you know, completely most accurate translation here. But rather speak to them, right? If they might oppose it, speak to them. Speak to them in a way that is better. Speak to them in a calm manner, in a wise manner. Right? This is how we should be. If we get into like arguing with somebody about Islam, even within Islam amongst Muslims, it's not. What are the chances that they're going to listen to us or we're going to listen to them? Right? And we should always be people ready to accept the truth no matter who it comes from, right? Imam Ghazali, rahimullah, he says that we should be people who guide on both a religious and secular front. Dr. Omar, I don't know if you guys had the chance of Dr. Omar, uh, Dr. Omar Abdullah was here this weekend. You guys, anyone heard of him? Oh man, subhanAllah. I should have, I should have mentioned him a lot to you guys last week. Um, he converted to Islam like years ago, years ago. Um, I'm not sure how old he is, but he mentioned the first time he came to Seattle was 1956 on a road trip with his family. Okay, uh, He's been all over the world, spends a lot of time in Gambia now. He's originally from Nebraska. Um, he actually said, so he, if you guys go on, um, you guys have heard of Wasat? Wasat? It's like a sort of a third space type thing. If you go on their website, they're, they're probably going to put all of his lectures from the weekend up. He spoke about um, uh, Islam in America. Um, prior, like Islam, Islam in the throughout the history of America, he spoke about Islam in America prior to the settlers arriving, right? Prior to Columbus arriving, um, that was one day he spoke about various different things. He mentioned in his khutbah last Friday, he said that wherever Islam went, wherever Muslims went, they always, um, what's it called? They always solved the problems of the people there, even if it took five hundred years. But the Muslims were always the ones that solved the problems, right? Be it related to like irrigation and things like that. Because they had the light of Iman and they brought that together with the secular sciences. So Imam Ghazali says we should, we should, uh, we should be people who guide on both a religious and secular front. And what we may have mentioned before, unless, that um, you know, we should, whenever we're speaking to, whenever we are and particularly you guys, you know, who are constantly dealing with people of other faiths and whatnot in the university and everything. When you are speaking to an audience of 
non-Muslims, always be calling towards La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. That's your objective. Even if it's like subtle, right? Even if it's not direct, right? So you don't have to be like, accept this. This is the truth and accept it, right? That's, I mean, it might work sometimes. It's not going to work other times, right? But teach them about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Teach them about the Prophet sallallahu Right? What is Islam? So like for example, now you have like all these extremist groups, ISIS and whatnot. People are saying what? Oh, if this is what Islam is, then I'm not Muslim anymore. Muslims are doing this, I'm not Muslim anymore. We have to remove what Muslims are doing from what Islam actually says. Right? If Muslims are not acting the way they're supposed to be acting, and that's, there's plenty of that to go around, you know, it doesn't change anything from the fact that Allah Ta'ala is one and the Prophet is his last and final messenger, right? So our priority when giving da'wah to non-Muslims is La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah and our priority when speaking to Muslims is calling them to the sunnah of Rasulullah Right? That's, that's the strategy that we should employ, right? And that, like, there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of different methods to do that, being more subtle, being more direct, certain aspects here, there. All of that is, you know, with wisdom, we, we go about it. But this is the general priority that should be in our mind. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ That indeed you do not guide who you love, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides who He wishes, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most knowledgeable of uh, those who are guided. And we mentioned also, I think when, it, when we spoke about Al-Haq, or Adl, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's mentioned in, in, in these chapters as well, that Allah ta'ala does not let, because we might have this, uh, misunderstanding that oh Allah guides who He wishes, so why isn't He guiding this person? Why didn't He just guide everyone, right? And then we start thinking that well He's losing the battle against Shaitan. No, Allah Taala doesn't uh, He doesn't uh, let someone go astray until they turn away from that itself, right? And there's we don't have time to mention now. Maybe before we end the class, like in a couple of weeks, uh, end this book, that there's a very beautiful hadith regarding. Um, those who, like, we might not even perceive them to be Muslim and what iman might lie in their heart. And it's, it's such a thing that will, it's such a hadith that you could almost, like, never look at anyone and say, this person's not Muslim. <laughs> you know, like, it gives hope to everyone, you know. Inshallah, we'll, we'll share that before the end. I didn't have time to bring it today. I had to look for it. I think I know which book it's in, but I have to find it. Anyway, any questions regarding, regarding that? So as we're coming to the end, you know, I'll let you guys might have noticed. You guys realize I've been recording everything? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, now no one's going to ask questions. Um, but uh, we'll probably have two more sessions on this book. Um, because there's, what, six names left? Seven names left? Uh, and, you know, we haven't rushed through this far, thus far, so why rush through the last few, right? So we'll probably finish it off in a couple more weeks. But um, for any of those names that you might have missed, this doesn't mean stop coming to class, but inshallah we'll put the recordings up online or something so that you guys can go back whatever you might have missed. Inshallah. <coughs> <coughs> O oh Allah, forgive us of our sins. Ya Allah, you are the most merciful of those who have mercy. Ya Allah, you are the guide. You are the one who guides. Ya Allah, guide us. Guide our parents. Guide our teachers. Guide our mashayikh. Guide our progeny. Ya Allah, 
Guide everyone around us, Ya Allah. Let your guidance spread throughout the whole world, Ya Allah. Let your nur spread throughout the whole world. Let it illuminate our hearts and illuminate the hearts of our loved ones and our families and our friends. Ya Allah, let us be beautiful reflections of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Let us be people who love you and love Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that he love us and that you love us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let us not be faced with a situation except that we act in the way that is most pleasing to you in that situation. Ya Allah, guide us and do not let us go astray and guide us on the straight path, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we make this dua every day in our salah, Ya Allah. Accept this dua from us and guide us on the straight path, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the best of this world and the best of the akhirah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a place under your perfect and supreme shade on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Ya Allah, let your nur let your nur illuminate our hearts and let that nur shine from us, Ya Allah, on the day of judgment when we are passing that sirat, when we are passing that bridge, Ya Allah, and let us pass it and cross it swiftly and easily and drink from the hawd al-gawthar that you have promised Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and raise us to the highest stages of Jannah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have not had the privilege of being the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this life, Ya Allah, do not deprive us of it in the akhirah. Ya Allah, we beg of you and ask of you all for all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked, asked of you. And we seek refuge in you from all the evils that Rasulullah sallallahu sought refuge in you from. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun al mursaleen wa alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. So you should be able to find that uh, dua. I, try looking dua of light or dua of nur or like mention a few of the words in it. Um, 